Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. Due to the coronavirus crisis, we're holding church services online until further notice, and we encourage you to join us. Tune in on Sundays at one of our four online broadcast times, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., or 8 p.m. For info and updates, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at New Life SoCo and visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's an encouraging word. And today, I want to talk to you about your greatest friend in all of this. Not just in this, but in life, period. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm not talking about your best friend. I'm talking about your greatest friend. I think there's a difference between your best friend and your greatest friend. I'm not talking about your dog. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about your greatest friend. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. So today, we're going to talk about the greatest ally that we have in life, which is the Spirit of God. And so our Bible reading is going to come from John chapter 16. I'm going to invite you to to get your Bibles open, whatever you use, your phone, your iPad, and we're going to go to God's Word and we're going to believe that it's going to speak to us. John 16, beginning with verse 5. And it says this, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and no one, no, not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. I just want to stop there and let you know the the word advocate is powerful because it means comforter, encourager, or counselor. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will, be, will come because of the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I say, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Can you say amen? I want to, again, I want to talk to you today about your greatest friend. And we all know that there's nothing like a great friend. Someone that can make you feel completely at ease. Someone that can make you feel yourself. Right? There's nothing like being around a good friend where there's no gimmicks. You're not trying to impress them. You're not trying to earn anything with them. And you just be fully yourself. You know, Jesus called his first disciples his friend. And I believe he calls us his friends as well. Right? And he says, I don't call you slaves. Right? I called you friends. Right? And, but it's, it's, it's what's interesting about this friendship. At this point, we're reading about the fact that Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he knew that his time on earth was limited, right? And so he's preparing his friends to go through this process. This is a crisis, my friend. They're about to lose their friend. They're about to lose their rabbi, their teacher on earth. And so Jesus spent some time here really preparing them for what was about to happen. And in the middle of this, he says, I call you friends. But here's the thing. Jesus knew that their friendship was incomplete at this point. And the reason why he knew this friendship was incomplete, because he knew that without his spirit living in them, that they will never understand fully 
what this life is all about. Now think about that for a second, right? Jesus knowing this, he says, listen, it's better that I go. Because if, if I go, the spirit will come. The comforter will come. The, 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 the restorer will come. The advocate will come. Because here's the thing, I hope you catch this, that Jesus knew that his physical presence with his friends was actually limiting their friendship. I guess incredible. Right? He knew, like, listen, if I'm just here in the, in, in the physical presence with you, you will never fully understand and experience what I experience. So I need to go so that my spirit can come and dwell in you. Now think about that for a second. I don't think we think enough about that, especially you grew up in church. You've heard this so many times. But can you meditate on that for a second, that the same spirit that lives in Jesus lives in you now? Like, how crazy is that? I think that's mind-boggling. When I was studying this week, this blew my mind. How many times do we really stop and say, man, the spirit that lived in Jesus lives in me. Like, mere me, right? With my, all my imperfections and my weaknesses, Jesus is like, yeah, I want now my spirit to dwell in you because we are friends. And it, 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 listen, it would be messed up of a friend to have the greatest thing and it won't give it to you. Jesus is like, the greatest thing I can give you to you is my presence. And I can't, listen, I'm going to limit you if I'm here physically, but if I go, my spirit can be in all of you. Like, how amazing is that? How fascinating is that, that his spirit comes to live in all of us? I even wrote the word wow in my notes. Because that's how, like, blown away I am by this reality that God's spirit will live in all of us. Now, I told you last week how I love movies because I get revelation out of movies. And... I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but this is one of those classics, right? I want to show you how God speaks to me, right? So I've been at home watching a lot of stuff with my children, and so we end up going to the classic Space Jam. Like, if you haven't seen Space Jam, what are you doing with your crisis? Like, I'm not sure what you're doing with your life, but Space Jam is one of the greatest movies of all time, right? Especially if you have kids. Like, you got to watch Space Jam with your children. But listen, if you don't know about Space Jam, here's the synopsis, right? Bugs Bunny, right, gets into this scuffle with an alien, right, and, and they decided the way to resolve it is to have a basketball game. Now, Bugs Bunny thought he was fooling him because, he's like, you know, they look so small and tiny. He's like, yo, if we play a basketball game, we're going to beat you guys. But these guys had a plan. These little monsters, right, had a plan. They're like, what if we go to Earth and we take the skills of the best basketball players on Earth and we, and we suck it out of them. It's a cartoon, y'all. And we put it in us. Then we can go and beat these guys. Right? Bugs Bunny didn't see that coming. So he goes and finds the help of Michael Jordan to come and help him in this game. But here's the revelation that I got watching Space Jam this time around. What I got at this time around is the fact that life without the spirit of God is like those NBA players without their skill. Right? Like... If you watch the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Those guys were reduced to just regular, everyday people without the skill that was made them the basketball players that they are. And I thought about that. I'm like, man, to me, that's how life is without the Spirit of God. We become ordinary. We become lame. We become boring. We become irrelevant. And no one pays attention because there's no power. There's no meaning. There's no purpose. There's no passion in our lives. My friends, one of the greatest lies of the enemy is to reduce us to just nice people. I think a lot of people see Christianity as that. Like, we're supposed to be these really nice people. 
Like Mr. Rogers, nothing wrong with the guy. The guy was amazing. He was awesome. He was a believer. But I think there's more to our lives than just to be really nice people who go to a really nice building on the weekend. And I think God right now is blowing all that away to say, no, there's more to this thing. What about my presence in your life that gives you power, that gives you meaning, that gives you purpose, that gives you revelation, that gives you identity, that gives you strength, that gives you wisdom, that can bring miracles, that can bring breakthroughs into your life. That is the power of God's spirit in his people. And I think right now, God, more than ever, is screaming loud and saying, would you pay attention? Because you're living without the power that is available to you if you have this friendship with my son, Jesus. He says that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus can have the same power that lived in him. And I can tell you something. Let me get very up close and personal with you today. I will not be able to do what I do without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible for me to do what I do. And I, listen, this is not flattery. This is not humble, you know, those little Christianese humility. No, this is facts that I will not be able to stand up here and preach this thing without the power of the Holy Spirit. My entire life, I've struggled with insecurity. My entire life, I've never felt good enough. My entire life, I felt like I was the kid that was too skinny, too small, always on the outside looking in. It wasn't until I was 20 years old, I had a revelation of God, and he revealed himself to me exactly where I was. And he begins to tell me who I was in him. He begins to give me worth and power and understanding. And today, I can stand here and preach the gospel unashamedly because the power of God now lives in me. I'm just a mere human, but the spirit of God empowers me to do exceedingly above I can ever ask or think my God we don't live by our own strength and I'm telling you something my friends too many people are living in their own strength and that's why we don't see more of God God never intended for us to live life in our own strength matter of fact God says when you come to the end of your strength then you can come to the beginning of my power you become to the beginning of my, of my strength in your life matter of fact when we declare that we're weak God says then you can become strong then you can become great then you can become powerful why because my spirit can dwell in anyone who can say God I need you in my life that's why Jesus says, "Man, the greatest thing I can do is go away so you can have power to live your life. How would you like to have power to overcome that addiction? How would you like to have power to overcome people pleasing? How would you like to have power to not be in fear in the middle of this crisis? How would you like to have power to not worry about where are you gonna make ends meet? How would you like to have that perspective when the Spirit of God comes upon you, my friends, there's no crisis, there's no demon in hell, there's no addiction, there's nothing that can stop you from living the life that God has for you. I pray you refuse to reduce this thing to just something that we do nicely on Sunday mornings. My friends, this is a lifestyle. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, He's with you on Monday, He's with you on Tuesdays, He's with you on Wednesdays, He's with you on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, He's with you in the valley, He's with you in the, in the hills, He's with you in the mountaintop, He's with you when you're going through stuff in your marriage, He's with you when you're going through stuff at work, He's with you when no one's seeing you, He's with you when you're crying yourself to sleep, my friend. He's the greatest friend you will ever have. The Spirit of God, my friend, will empower you to overcome anything that you're going through in your life. Listen, one of the promises of the Spirit is this. You find this in Timothy. It tells you this about the Spirit of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Listen, a lot of times we shoot ourselves in the foot because we embrace the limitations that the Spirit of God never wants us to have. Even sometimes we think we're talking cute when we say things like, it's just the way I am. 
But the problem is the way you are is not the way that God intended for you to be. And so when you begin to say things like, oh, it's just the way I am. I'm just a fearful person. I'm just timid. Even timidity will keep you from the calling that God has in your life. Did you know that? That that could be a sin. What is sin? Sin is missing the mark of what God has for you. God's like, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I didn't make you to be a timid person. I made you to be a person of power, of love, and self-discipline. That's what the spirit of God does when you allow him to infiltrate your life. Not religion. I'm talking about a relationship where the Spirit of God comes and invades you and transforms you and empowers you to do things you never thought you can do in your own strength, in your own power. Can you say amen at home? But listen, who is this Holy Spirit? Let me give you a little bit of context about the Spirit of God. It is impossible to describe the Spirit of God. It is impossible to pigeonhole God's Spirit to a few things. But I just want to give you a little context when it comes to Scriptures so you get a better idea. Because I think the Holy Spirit is, what is, is, the, is the part of God that sometimes gets forgotten. Francis Chan wrote a great book, if you want to check it out, called The Holy Spirit is the Forgotten God. Right? Because a lot of times we talk about the Father, we talk about Jesus, but we forget that Father and Son always highlighted the Spirit. And the Spirit always highlights Jesus. And Jesus always highlights the Father. And the Father always highlights the Spirit. Like they're all together in this. Right? For example, in Job, it tells you this about the Spirit of God. It says, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. In other words, we wouldn't even be alive without the Spirit of God. You, you know this. When you say in the word breath is the same word for Spirit, the same word that is used in Hebrew and Greek for spirit is the word for breath. So in other words, every time you're breathing, basically you're saying spirit. In other words, you cannot exist without the spirit of God. He is the, the energy that runs the universe. If you go back to Genesis 1, the spirit of God was already there hovering over the earth. And God says he created all things through his spirit. Even the atheist who doesn't believe in God, if he stops breathing, it's because he stops saying spirit. Think about that for a second, right? The moment you stop breathing is the moment you stop saying God, right? And so you have to be in his presence after that, or hopefully because you've made a decision to be his on this life. The Spirit of God was there in creation. Listen, we see the Spirit of God throughout the Old Testament. He shows up in so many different shapes and forms throughout it. I encourage you to go read your Bible. You see the Spirit of God active throughout the Old Testament. And then you get to the New Testament. Jesus said, yeah, he's going to come. And then if you get to the book of Acts, you see the promise that Jesus said. He says, if you remain here, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and it's going to empower you to do amazing things, miracles. You're going to be able to speak another language. You're going to be able to prophesy. You're going to be able to overcome. And one of the greatest, to me, evidence of Christianity is the first disciples. If you go back and you realize that the first disciples, when Jesus died on the cross, they thought the movement was over. Because they thought, this is it. He died. We're done. We're going back to what we normally do. And it wasn't until the Spirit of God came that empowered them to go out and preach the gospel with boldness. Now, what makes people go from hiding, shying away, reserving the spotlight because they don't want to get killed to come out and be bold about life and about everything that God has for them? The Spirit of God came upon them. For example, Peter. Even if you don't go to church, you probably have heard Peter, the disciple with a loud mouth. Right? Peter's like a lot of us. We talk a good game, but we can't back it up. 
right? Peter was that guy. He talked so much, and he said, Jesus, I'm with you. Whatever happens, I'm going with you. Jesus said, yeah, but you're going to deny me like three times. He's like, nah, no, no way. I'm never going to deny you, Jesus. I'm with you through thick and thin. You ever heard those people, yo, ride or die? Jesus is like, I'm about to die. You ain't riding. Right? So what happens? Three different times he denies Jesus. But then a few weeks later, at the day of Pentecost, basically about five weeks after he denied Jesus three times, Peter is the first one to preach Jesus resurrected, crucified, resurrected for the sins of the world. What happened? Peter was filled with the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that gave Peter the boldness to come out and preach the gospel with power. Listen, it's one thing for someone to tell you some cute religious stuff. It's another thing for someone to tell you the power of God. Peter now, with the rest of the disciples, had the power of God in him. And he preached the gospel in such a powerful way. The Bible says in that day, over 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. Not counting women and children. So they say usually it's probably around 6,000 people. In one day, the church was birthed. Through the power of the Spirit, now in Peter and the rest of the disciples. Peter said this about the gospel. When, pe- when he preached, people were like, man, what should we do, man? You are telling us the ways of God. How do we respond to this? Here's what Peter said to them, and he says to us. And he said, look, each of you must repent of your sins. My friends, this is a time for repentance. Like God is trying to call people to himself. Right? Repentance means I need to turn away from the things that are not God's will for my life. I need to embrace his will that he has for me. It's doing a 180 in life. Peter saying, man, you got to repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, your greatest friend. You will receive the gift of God's Spirit living inside of you, empowering you, enabling you to live the life that God created you to live. My friends, the Spirit is not some force. This is not Star Wars. May the force be with you. No, the Spirit is a person. Jesus talks about the Spirit as a person. Let me give you one example. When he was talking to his disciples, if you go back a couple of chapters in John 14, it tells you this about the Spirit. Jesus said, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as a person who lives on the inside of the believer that is looking for the will of God in their lives. He's part of the the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What's amazing is that when you study the Spirit, you see how powerful he is that he even prays for you. In Romans, the Apostle Paul says that sometimes you don't even know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf with groanings. You ever seen someone in church, they don't have words, and they're just groaning, and they're just hurting, and the Spirit of God just comes and indwells and says, no, I got it from here. I'll take it from here. I'll be your strength. I'll be your provider. I'll give you perspective. My friends, I've been there so many times in life. I don't know what to pray for, but I can tell there is something else in me that is pushing me forward, that is leading me, that is guiding me and he's strengthening me. That is the spirit of God. He's so real and personal in our lives. What's amazing is that the Bible tells you that he isn't has emotions. 
The Holy Spirit has emotions like a, a, a person. Let me give you one example. Paul talking to the church in Ephesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, look, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I got a, I got a word for the believers. My friends, the way you live can either bring joy to the Spirit or bring sorrow to the Spirit. And, and the context here is this. Paul was saying, look, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And if you keep reading, he's saying, because you are his, because you are God's possession, and you have the Spirit in you, there are certain things that doesn't belong in your life. There are certain attitudes. There are certain words. There are certain lifestyles that when you are doing those things, you are bringing sorrow to the Spirit. The Spirit is saying, I can't be a part of those things. My friends, this is where we all have to be in tune with the Spirit to say, is there anything in me that's offending you, that's not helping me live in tune with you? See, Paul tells you in Romans 8, nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's the good news. But you can be out of harmony with him. If you're not living according to his will. You can live out of, you, listen, it's like this. You can live out of sync with the spirit of God. He loves you. He's for you. But he's not going to approve of every single thing that you do. Because he's too holy. He's too righteous to do certain things and to be part of certain lifestyles. And even then, in his love, he's saying, get away from those things. I don't know what I'm talking to today, but the Lord's saying, get away from those things. Get away from those lifestyles. Get away from those thoughts. Get away from those things that you know is not going to edify your life. My friends, the Spirit of God loves you, but he won't be part of everything that is not his will in your life. Can you say amen? Listen, the Bible tells you he has desires and he has will. And I can go on and on, and, and, I, and I'm going to spend a few weeks after Easter talking to you about the Holy Spirit, really helping you understand how this is your greatest ally in life, your greatest friend. But in Romans 8, it says this, and I love this. In Romans 8, 11, it says this about the Spirit. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I pray you take time this week to just meditate on that. If you didn't hear anything else I said today, just this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Jesus went to the cross, died Rose again three days later by the power of God's spirit. And he's saying that same spirit that rose him from the dead is the spirit that wants to live in you to resurrect you from everything that the enemy and sin has kept you from in your life. And he goes on to say, look, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. How awesome is that? That, that nothing can hold you back from God's will and purpose because the spirit of God is in you. Listen, the Bible tells you that he empowers you to overcome sin. A lot of times, I believe we're living in an incomplete gospel because we find ourselves hitting the same wall over and over again. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to forgive you, but I think you need to go deeper and ask God to empower you by his spirit so you don't find yourself keep making the same mistakes, hitting the same wall, and keep saying, God, I never want to do it again. I believe there's more for you. I believe there's breakthrough for you where you can live a freedom life, free from sin, free from the, all the things that is holding you back. My friend, the first step to that is to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. Because like I said a couple of weeks ago, 
Self-will will not get you to where God wants you in your life. And Paul takes his time developing this, this understanding of the Spirit in Romans 8. And, and I want to end with this thought today. In Romans 8, 15 and 16, Paul says this about us in the Spirit of God. Look, he says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. We should live in fear. We shouldn't live in fear of going backwards. We shouldn't live in fear of being overcome by sin. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. The word Abba is the intimate word that we would say daddy in English. We say that that's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with all of us. That we can say, man, I have a daddy who loves me, who is for me. And, and the spirit of God is what comes to tell you that reality. Maybe you've never heard anyone tell you that they love you. Maybe in your own family, you're not even that person that they tell you how much you are worth it. But the Spirit of God comes to say, no, I love you. You're no mistake. You're no accident. I love you. I'm for you. I created you. I have a plan for you. The Spirit of God comes to minister to your soul when you're broken, when you're hurting. Listen, for this, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. How awesome is that? He comes to affirm you. All of us need affirmation. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how, how, how long you lived. You all need affirmation. I was talking to a man the other day in his 60s. And he's saying, man, it's, isn't it crazy that I'm still thinking about these things? I'm like, no, it's not crazy. I don't care how old we are. We all need to be affirmed. We all need to be encouraged. We all need to be told that we're doing a good job. The Spirit of God comes as a friend to say, I got your back. I'm with you. I'm for you. See, God doesn't send his spirit to condemn you or to judge you, but to expose you, to heal you, to restore you, and to empower you to live life and life to the fullest. My friends, so I never like to close without giving you some action steps to take. And today, I just want to encourage you, go learn more about God's spirit. All right, go to the action steps for me, and let me show you this. Go learn more about God's spirit. I want to give you a couple of scriptures to look over this week. Listen, I believe God's got us home to take us deeper in understanding who he is and his plans for our lives. So I encourage you, go to John. Read these three chapters in John. John 14, 15, and 16. See the heart of Jesus for you, for his people. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants the Spirit of God to live in you, your greatest friend. And my friend, after you read, ask God to fill you with this Spirit. You know the Bible says you need to be continuously filled with God's Spirit. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a two-time thing. My friend, the Spirit of God is what empowers you to live life and life to the fullest. So you always need to be asking him to fill you. I, I look at it this way. To me, my life without the Spirit of God is like a car with no gas. I don't care how great your car is. I don't care if you have the latest model. But if you have no gas, you're not going anywhere. And, you know, that doesn't even do it justice for what the Spirit is. But just to give you some kind of context is how I see life. It's like living without gas. It's like living without the energy. The essence of life itself is the Spirit of God. And, and maybe, maybe you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. That's your exit step today. It's to ask Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you, 
to help you repent of your sins, to make you whole, to make you new. So why don't you do that with me right now? From wherever you're watching, wherever's around you, I want you to do something bold, like they did the day Peter preached the gospel. And they said, what I have to do? And Peter said, repent of your sin. Ask Jesus to come and forgive you of your sins and ask him to fill you with the Spirit. So would you pray with me where you are? Invite him in. Let him be the Lord. Let him be the Savior of your life, that you may live the resurrected life, life with power that can break addiction, that can break depression, that can break suicide, that can give you freedom to live according to God's will. So would you pray with me? I want you to do something bold where you are. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I want that. I want your spirit. I want your forgiveness. I want your power. I want to live the resurrected life. I want Jesus to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I want power. I want to live in sync with your spirit. I want to know that he's with me and he's for me. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now you're having your way in every living room, every bedroom, Whatever people are watching, oh, Spirit of God, come upon them. I pray right now, breathe life, life and life more abundant. Break the chains of addictions. Break the chains, Lord, of the past, of lies and deceits of the enemy. Break people free exactly where they are right now. I believe, God, the same Spirit that rose you from the dead is right now revealing Himself all over America, all over the world. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and pour out your spirit, pour out your presence over all people right now. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.